0: Brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father. A mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother. A mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. Two Christmases ago, my brother gifted my mom and I with tickets to see Hamilton on Broadway. Well, technically speaking, as he handed us the tickets, we were informed that we were done for Christmas, our birthdays, and any other important event where gifts might be exchanged for the next year or so, which is kind of understandable. Tickets to this musical retelling of Alexander Hamilton's role in the story of American independence and the foundation of our democracy has been one of the hardest tickets to purchase for the last four years that it's been playing. And truth be told, I really had no desire to see it. I'm not a hip-hop fan, which is the primary musical style for the show, and trying to imagine a a three-hour history lesson set to that type of music didn't seem like the recipe for a fun outing. But I couldn't have been more wrong. Hamilton is definitely one of those things that exceeded all the hype. And you got the sense of of how popular, how much it's almost become a phenomenon before you even got into the theater. The line just waiting for the performance had this large number of of kids, whether they were middle school all the way through college. And just standing out there, you couldn't help but hear them singing complete scenes from the show even before the performance. And even throughout, some of them got so caught up with the the staging and and the performances on stage that they were either singing or, or mouthing along with the actors. And what is it that was making this so compelling for for so many? Obviously, the the unique combination of music and choreography and staging, as well as this interesting story with all the twists and turns, are essential to its success. But I think it also resonates a lot deeper on a deeper level for people. Because it's more than just entertainment and it's more than just even appreciating the artistic contributions of so many, it's the message. Because at the heart of Hamilton, there's that claim that one person can be essential to the course of history being changed. History has its eyes on you, the characters and tone throughout the performance. When they ask, who lives, who dies, who tells your story? Will they tell your story? That just isn't directed at the characters on stage, but it's also a challenge to the audience as well. The story of how you made the most of your one shot that everybody gets, the one shot that is our lives. The dramatic telling of of Hamilton's ups and downs, his successes and setbacks is contrasted with a contemporary of his, Aaron Burr, who approaches everything with incredible caution, calculates every possible move, and, and thinks and overthinks every move to the point of continual inaction. As Burr is advocating this much safer approach to life to his peers, Hamilton pointedly asks him, If you stand for nothing, Burr, what will you fall for? And that's right before he launches into how he's going to make the most of his one shot. And obviously, Hamilton is much more successful as the show is not called Burr the Musical. You couldn't help, though, that leaving that theater feeling that energy and that excitement and that enthusiasm, especially among the youth, as they left the theater to keep singing those refrains. Well, reading today's gospel, the fire and the passion and the challenge of those lyrics asking, if you stand for nothing, kept coming to mind. Because that's what Jesus is kind of asking his listeners, which is why it's, it's a bit startling for us. So many of us have grown accustomed to very comfortable descriptions of Jesus, like his title as Prince of Peace, and we'll zero in on, on scriptures that would fit into that narrative. And if that's our perspective, then today's gospel can be a little bit of a shock to the system. I have come to set the earth on fire. And even more pointedly, do you think that I've come to establish peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. It's one of those passages we might want to kind of dismiss as a a one-off that, you know, Jesus must have had a rough day. But no, he he didn't have a rough day, or that wasn't a rough day. Yes, he is the Prince of Peace. But here's the thing, true peace isn't going to come about by being fake or phony. Jesus' peace isn't possible With compromising with values that are contrary to God's. Jesus' call is universal, but he's not going to water down his teachings to be universally accepted. If you stand for nothing, we're left with that decision to make, and following Jesus is a choice, and it's not a, a one and done with choice, like we've been baptized. We're here on a Sunday, so our our membership is current and up-to-date. It's a choice that we have to renew every single day. And St. Paul tells us how to do that in the second reading today, that we have to rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us. Right there, that's divisive. There are many in our world that will reject that anything is sinful or have warped sin to mean something denying as not being true to yourself rather than seeing sin as a rejection of God, rejection of his commands and his order for his creation. Following Jesus means taking a stand against sin. That's a clear and divisive stand. And Paul continues on by telling us to to persevere in running the race, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. And again, that's divisive. That sets us apart from the world. Because what are Jesus's priorities? What are his concerns? The hungry, the poor, the homeless, the sick, the imprisoned. Jesus tells us they are our brothers and sisters and in serving them, we serve him, we encounter him. That's a very different view of the world than we see around the world. And the rest of the world at best will look at those people as problems to be dealt with and sadly more often as something to be ignored in their pursuit of self-centered needs and wants. The Gospels tells us that from the moment Jesus' coming was first announced by the angel Gabriel to the Blessed Virgin Mary that there was anxiety among The rulers and the powers that be in the world both religious and civic his mission to save humanity once and for all from sin and from death and reconciling humanity with god the father and making us all his brothers and sisters once again it sounds like the perfect recipe for peace you would think one who wants to unleash that type of a fullness of life on a universal level would be welcome But the reality is not everyone wants the Savior, and some still don't. The powers that be weren't willing to let go of their self-interest in favor of the message of selflessness that Jesus would demand. The pursuits of power and wealth and prestige were too tempting to abandon in favor of calls to sacrificial love. And that's what we see in the crucifix, the cross That baptism that Jesus was baptized with clearly demonstrates that no, there won't be peace on earth. There will be division. And that's scary for a lot of people. But that's why that second reading today was was so perfectly paired with today's gospel message. Because we were being encouraged that if we dare to say that we're following Christ, we're told that we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the countless number of saints who have made that same choice, who are honored and admired by us for how they truly did that for the thousands of years since Jesus first walked on this earth. They are men and women who are now part of God's eternal history. They lived, they died, and we tell their stories and their lives Told Jesus Christ's story in a new and profound way. Their following Christ was divisive to the world, but the history of the world was forever altered by them taking a stand. Just think of a, a few examples. Saint Francis of Assisi and Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta. They are two of the most respected names in and out of Catholicism. Their radical living of gospel values and taking care of the poorest of the poor not only addressed people's urgent needs but also humbled and inspired and transformed countless others to continue to do the same centuries later as they follow in their footsteps or someone like st. Maximilian Kolbe who had a very very different story he was a Catholic priest who helped hide and save thousands of Jews during the Holocaust. All three of these saints, though, were not universally loved. There was all kinds of division against them. Francis was disowned by his father and constantly at odds with both civil and church leaders. Mother Teresa, go to the sewer, that is the internet, and see how many people still try to malign her work and herself. On second thought, don't do that. Maximilian Kolbe, was sent to Auschwitz death camp for what he did, where he offered and took the place of a Jewish father who begged that his life be spared. They are all part of that cloud of witnesses. They are part of that history that now has its eyes on you and me. But they are loving eyes. They're encouraging eyes, rooting for us to now make the most of our one-shot. They're cheering us on to recognize that we, too, are called to be saints. That fire that Jesus has set on earth, it's up to each of us to bring about his hope that it will blaze here and now. When we grow weary, we're to remember their example and know it is possible for us, too, even in our day and age. When we start to lose heart, We're to remember how, in small and big ways, their choices and their decisions and their stands made changes that altered the course of human history. It's now up to us to use the unique gifts and talents that we possess and to embrace all the opportunities that we encounter to unleash, in very creative ways, Jesus' love and his presence in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our schools, and in our workplaces. History has its eyes on you and me. What will be our story? Will the story of our lives share Jesus' story?